What's out there is unknown. So at UC San Diego, out we go. Because to take on the challenges of the here and now, you gotta get your feet wet, your eyes open, and your mind out there, way out there. Turning the unknown into cures, culture, and connections with each step forward. So pack a bag, a notebook, and some sandals, and get ready to look far and think further. UC San Diego. Learn more at ucsd.edu. In the locker room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, power hour engaged here inside the locker room. And, you know, I ran out to my mailbox during the break. I'm not going to lie. I was still waiting to see if some ribs would be delivered. They have not. <laughs> um, so I've just... Kind of, kind of dealt with this, uh, the, you know. That, the, next, we tried yeah, to get yes, you ribs right. delivered, but Uber Eats told us it was too early out there in Arizona. <laughs> they said, "Sorry, you got to call back later. We don't have ribs at 7 a.m. You psychos." Well, thank, thank you for that, Wes. And I believe that it's never too early for Uber Eats. Um, <laughs> it's just they, 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 they did not want to drive 3,000 miles. To <laughs> Like, do they have to be this DJs? Can we find like a DJ somewhere closer in the state of Arizona or near? And just say they're DJs. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Can you get a DJ to play with the ribs and maybe we call it that? <laughs> there no. you go. Uh, but, uh, but no. Uh, <clears throat> this is one of those things where I look at it and I'm just like, <clears throat> you know, Jacksonville just is, is – is a team. And I kind of ended the last segment, you know, we only had a couple of minutes. So kind of ended kind of giving the stats behind like what right. they've been doing and kind of how this series has gone. But, you know, looking at the personnel, you know, I, I talk about Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen being those beasts on the outside, right. but at inside backer uh, really, you know, as I, as I deeper dive into it, I mean, Foyasadi uh, Aluakin, Oh, is that how it's you actually, say it? Foyasade. Yeah. Oh, Foyasade, okay. yeah. I was, I, this, yeah. This morning, I'm I'm like up at like 5.30. I'm trying to go, is that Foyasade? Foyasade? Foy, you know, I couldn't. Like, it was not making sense. Okay. Foyasade. Yeah. Okay. Foyasade Aluakan. Aluakan. Um, yeah. Or Aluakan. 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 Okay. Um, but uh, but you know he's been he's been actually one of the top tacklers over the last two years in the NFL. I didn't realize like how many ta- like he was like either he was number one last year um, mm-hmm. in, to- in, in tackles from the linebacking position um, in the NFL, and then you know the year before I want to say he was like number one or number two because um, I, I forgot who the other one was, but yeah. So the last two years, this dude has just amassed tackles, and he's actually been two the last two games. Wolf, did mm-hmm. you know this? No, 14, 14 tackles a game. 
Now, is this now, again? Is this like Ray Lewis stats or is this real real time stats? Because uh, no, you know, whether you like it or not, yeah. Ray Lewis kind of got the, the the Baltimore statisticians that were were noted to be favorable to placing tackles in Ray's list, Ray's column. Yeah, uh, you know, over the years, just saying, you know. So yeah, yeah. No, th- th- this kid, I watched him live. He's sideline to sideline. Okay. Man. Cool. That's yeah, what I wanted this, to find out. This, this, this kid's a hawk, you know, because I, because I, so I had the playoff game last year, uh, the wild card round, that game against the Chargers. Um, so I was actually, I was actually doing that game uh, from the sidelines, and the dude, the dude was like a pinball machine. Okay. I mean, he was all over the place. He would bounce, he would bounce off of guys and come and make a play. I mean, he, he's a very slippery type of dude that that can make a lot of plays so i mean he's he's one of the guys where i'm like ah that's also why they're they're very good Mm -hmm. um because you have two outside backers and then your inside backer is just absolutely you know an energizer bunny uh full of tackles um and he had that pick six last week um against against the saints okay that also kind of drove that number when you're talking about they were up 24 to 9 against the saints uh, one of those was was uh, was it was a pick six by him. Actually, his first pick six of his career. So he he he's another challenging guy that you're going to have to put a put a body on him. And I think how we attacked the Rams a week ago, as far as going right at them, mm-hmm. that's what you kind of have to do. You kind of have to go right at this defense. You can't run around and run away from this defense because that's that's where they flourish, right? That's where you get Josh Allen in, 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 in a good, favorable position when you're trying to run away. But when you run right at these guys, now I'm not going to run right at Trayvon Walker because uh, he's humongous. He's like a monster out there. <laughs> um, but so has most of the Georgia guys that we've gone against. I think we'll have great intel from Broderick Jones and Darnell Washington this week since they were former teammates of Trayvon Walker. Yes, uh, yes. As far as about what he is capable of, uh, because he, I mean, he's a big dude. I and mean, when you think about just defensively over the history of the last couple of years, think about this. Trayvon Walker, Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, Nicobe mm. Dean, all these guys are on the same defense, Wolf. How could you even hope to win, you know, if you're in right? a college team facing that? I mean, these dudes are, I mean, you know, you know, you, you you talk about non-GMO. These dudes are all the way. They they look like genetically modified. You know, like beef. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Right, like, right. Like, yep. yeah. It's it's like those pictures you see the memes of like the muscular cow. Oh yeah, like, those Belgian like, cows that, that, or something that are like yeah, exactly. I'm like Herculean. You, you, that's not natural. Yeah, that's no. not natural. No. Like that. Yeah. So I mean, that, that, that's one of the things where he is just a big, fast, physical dude. So. He can hold the point. Josh Allen, not so much. So if I'm the Steelers, I'm like, okay, if I am going to attempt zone, let's make sure we're going front side of Josh Allen. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Right. Like, like yeah, pick your poison. You know, I think, but I still think interior rush game and going right out of Lewican is is probably the best uh, remedy. Put James Daniel, put put Siamalu on him, put a double team that goes down from from. Uh, you know, either Dan Moore or a core for with Darnell Washington, just blow him off the ball and take him that way and let the counter game kind of be what it is and the trap game be what it is. Um, but I would I wouldn't try and run like toss sweeps this week. No. This would not be the week for toss sweeps. No, I, I would agree with you there. I really believe like I hope 
that they keep in, like the tackle traps or the tackle powers, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. And they lead up on there. Also, I love the fact when they have that uh, one double guard pull, it's an influence block with it, kind of like the H-back is trapping the guy on the inside, you know, where yeah. it, 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 it's it, to me it's a total influence thing. And that Jalen Warren runs that so very well. and But Jacksonville runs yeah. the exact same play too. You know, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're, again, the similarity similarities between these two clubs are, you know, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty apparent. You know, I mean, I go way back to when Tom Coughlin, Tom Coughlin, before they were actually a club, Tom Coughlin was uh, my coach, one of my coaches at Syracuse back in the seventies, and then he got the head coaching job with Jacksonville, and he was actually showing up at Three Rivers watching the games, watching the Steelers because he really wanted to mold the Jacksonville franchise much like the Steelers. Yeah, well, I mean, here's the funny thing. How many times have we heard about franchises wanting to mirror the Steelers? Right. You know, especially expansion franchises when you look at, you know, the Carolina Panthers, right? And and he who shall not be named former owner. Now let's say his name Right. 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 Because of his offenses, but... Uh, you know, Carolina Panthers wanted to model themselves after the Steelers. And, you know, and then, of course, you know, David Tepper then goes down and assumes ownership, former Steeler, you know, right. investor. And, you know, you look at even Haslam, right, you know, going over to Cleveland and trying to model them after the Steelers. Well, the Jacksonville Jaguars as a young expansion team also wanted to model themselves after the Steelers. I mean, it, it's, you know, it's it's an ultimate compliment, but when you look at it, I mean, Really, Jacksonville's kind of held the torch on that, yeah, um, consistently because, like you said, a big physical defense. It starts with your defense and then moves outward. They've kind of embodied that. No matter what they've been offensively, defensively, you've always been able to hang your hat on. Jacksonville's going to be a physical defensive team, and they've had some great defensive players over the years. You know, it's funny that you mentioned earlier Marcus Stroud and uh, John Henderson. Just yeah. remember they used to call uh, John Henderson Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> so yes, <big. laughs> he was like yeah. like the Yeti. But those two guys, they were wrecking balls in the middle of that defense. They really could tear up an offensive line. Oh man, they, they, they would they would they would go after an offensive line, um, and I mean, and it was it was problems. You know what I'm saying? Like right. you know that they, they were they were a group. Because I, I think of like. Uh, you know, Henry Spicer as well. Uh, oh, no, sorry, Paul Spicer. Okay. Paul oh, Spicer yeah. off the edge. You know, Harvey, um, when they brought him in, um, you know, they've had some great guys. I mean, Dante Fowler, they drafted oh, him yeah. from Florida. Yep. Uh, you know, and then you think of uh, what's <coughs> – I can't remember the, the linebacker. Paul, kid from Penn State. Um, the linebacker was really good. P- yeah, yeah Puzlesny. Yeah, Puz. Yeah, so, you, I mean, having Puzz there. I got the Puzz Mike part. Peterson. I couldn't remember the rest of it. Sorry. Yeah, and then, you know, Mike Peterson over the years. I mean, they've always they've always carried good linebackers and good D-linemen um, over the years, and that's been kind of a hallmark since they've been a franchise since 96. Um, and, you know, and especially me being from Florida at the time, right, when they were an expansion team, like, you know, and then going to college in Gainesville, it being right there. So, you know, you saw a lot of these guys – you. You know, recognize I followed followed Jacksonville, um, you know, during the years because I'm like, man, boom, it's the team right down the street. I'm an hour and 15 minutes from campus. So, you know, that's something I've always noted about them. It's always been a defensive forward team. Absolutely. You know, and I, I look at these guys here, 
and they're no different. You know, you got some good guys up front, but uh, whether it's offensively, defensively, whatever, you know, I mean, both of these, both sides of this, they're very physical and play hard. You know, I, again, I, I, I was really, I really was looking at that offensive line last night. I was thinking, man, these guys really are doing a pretty good job of, they, they just get a body on a body, the old hat on the hat thing, you know, very much like Cleveland. And they can walk people off and then turn around defensively. You got some people on that front end that fly around. Um, I also like that Darius Williams, that, that one corner. I thought he looked pretty sharp, yeah. you know, as far as that goes. But certainly with those two big outside edge rushers, the guy what was it? Trayvon's the guy with like uh, 43 pressures, I think it is. Is that yeah, him? He, yeah, he, he's the he, guy. Yeah, yeah. That, that's Trayvon Walker. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. 43 pressures, you know, in well, what, seven games? 43 pressures, yeah, in seven games. And then, you know, and then you have Josh Allen who's taking advantage of those pressures, right? right? Because it's forcing <laughs> flow yep. over to him. And now he's got seven sacks. So you're just like, all right, okay, so that that's that's what's going on here. That's <laughs> that's what we're doing. Um, no so doubt. It, it's, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a challenge uh, for the tackles and and how you deploy different uh, coverages and pass protections because you know having those chips, having those body presence at the tight ends is definitely going to help in this game. All right, we're going to step aside because we got the cool breeze blowing in from uh, you know the seventeenth tee box at Oakmont probably um, or somewhere nearby South Point maybe. It was one of my favorite courses. Uh, we got Jerry Dulac coming inside the locker room here next. You are listening to Inside the Locker Room on ESPN and SNR Radio. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the Cool Breeze is brought to you by Archie's at 2328 East Carson Street in the historic South Side. Enjoy $9 Coors Light pitchers every Sunday, all day. Home of the best wings in Pittsburgh. Watch all your football action all season long, every Sunday at Archie's. And then you know if you got that music, it's the Cool Breeze time. And today, what a day for the Cool Breeze to be breezing about. How are you, Jerry? Wolf, I am wonderful, and uh, I'm impressed that you didn't have to text me and ask me for the sponsor read uh, this week. You breezed through that one uh, remarkably. <laughs> and, I, and I will point up, because you mentioned the weather, to our friend Max Starks, that it, right now it is the same temperature here as it is in the uh, Arizona desert, it, well, in the Phoenix area. No kidding. Is that true, Max? Well, if, it, if it's 63 degrees, then yes. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I just looked on my phone app, and it said that it was uh, 69 in Phoenix, and that's what it is here right now ah. in, uh, the great, in the great state of Pennsylvania. How about that? All right, All right. yeah, because yeah. it, it, well, so 63 you, so he where can't I'm at. I'm a, us, Wolf, is what I'm yeah, saying. I'm, I'm, I'm a little northeast of Phoenix proper. That's a little bit more in the bowl right. area. Little, little so, cooler, a yeah. little cooler. Yeah. A little cooler. Higher, higher you get in the sky, funny enough. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> higher in the sky. Okay. Yeah. I see where you're going. Well, okay. I got yeah, you. you know, it, yeah, he's a, he, Mount, he's a clever fella, isn't he? Paul? He is. Yeah, he really is. Yes, yeah. he is. Yes, he is. 
Oh my goodness. Well, hey, Jerry, we, we appreciate you jumping on with us. And, and, you know, I think one of the biggest things, you know, that, you know, we've kind of been parsing through over the last, you know, hour or so has kind of been just how this Jacksonville team for all intents and purposes, like mirrors kind of a lot of what the Steelers are as a squad. Um, just you, personnel kind of matching up and everything. And and then, you know, obviously the offensive production is not the same as theirs, but it, I mean, it's, it's not that far off. I mean, defensively, they're pretty even um, minus about 30 yards in total defense. You know, what what is your thought about this Jacksonville squad? Well, you know, uh, uh, Max, it, it's funny uh, that you make that comparison because um, I was t- uh, talking to Bill Cower yesterday, and we were, t- and I was doing a piece on the the uh, series history. And you go back to when they came into the league as an expansion team in '95. Um, Steelers lost the first five times down in Jacksonville, but we but we were talking about. When uh, Tom Coughlin, of course, uh, uh, Wolf's old buddy, old coach, was right. um, the head coach for the Jaguars when they came in, and and I remember in the, that was '95, but in the 1994 season, you would see Tom Coughlin at a lot of the Steeler games in the press box, and I remember him saying later on that uh, what he was doing was you know coming into the league and they were they were placed in the AFC Central with the Steelers that if we are going to compete uh, against the Steelers and be in the same division, I better build a team that knows how to compete against the Steelers. And he built a big physical football team. And, and I'm not going to sit here and say they still play that way, but my point is, for different reasons, those were physical teams back then, and they, they mirrored the way the Steelers played. They had the running backs with uh, uh, Fred Taylor and Natron Means. Uh, they had wide receivers like Jimmy Smith and McCardell. Of course, they had the left-handed quarterback. But then they, you know, they 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 went and got the two big tackles too, John Henderson and Marcus Stroud, and and they played the same brand of physical football as as the Steelers back then, and um, different different styles now. I'm not going to compare the teams, but because you brought up about them mirroring the Steelers or comparing them favorably to the Steelers it's kind of ironic because that's the way they began way back when in 95 yeah no question about it now one of the things Jerry that's that's happened is this past weekend and I don't know if it had to do with the Levi's foot injury but Joey Porter Jr. is taking more reps than he ever took before I believe and I wonder if there's yeah, there's correct. more afoot. I, that's a, that was really bad. <laughs> I didn't, I just did that accidentally. I didn't even plan for that one. <laughs> that's the that's the beauty of you, Wolf. Even when you're not even trying to be clever, you were clever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll leave that one on the on the cutting room floor. Okay. <laughs> but, but you know, it does appear that Joey is is coming on and taking more and more reps now as he he moves towards that yeah. uh, more full time position. Yeah, he played. Yeah, I'm with you there, Wolf. He played more uh, snaps than uh, Levi Wallace. We're seeing him little by little play more snaps each game. And and the one thing I will say about Joey Porter, okay, yeah, he missed two tackles last week. They they broke tackles. Yeah, but they weren't mental errors. He was where he was supposed to be, and that's what we have seen from him for the most part. He is where he is supposed to be, and he's making plays. Uh, when he's on the football field, and and that's all uh, in the limited time he's on the football field. 
So, I, you know, I haven't seen the egregious uh, uh, mental mistakes. Look, I'm not sitting there and combing through every snap that he makes. You know, I'm not going back and evaluating his performance. I leave that to the coaches. But at least, but that is what we have seen from Joey Porter Jr. And, yeah, I expect to see it more and more. And, of course, the best thing about having Joey Porter out there is it has Patrick Peterson playing more the role that they envisioned and said he would play when they brought him in here. Mm -hmm. And that really hasn't been how he has been playing. And you've heard me say this before. I think it's unfair to Patrick Peterson at age 33 in his 13th year in the league to ask him to do what he used to do eight years ago. And is exactly what they said they didn't want him doing. So that of course is the other benefit of having Joey Porter Jr. on the field. Let me just say this. Do you think that Joey Jr. might want to, get that tackling down pretty quick because, I don't know, maybe Dad yeah. wants to take him out in the backyard with a little tackling well, tutorial. <laughs> Wolf, that's so funny you say that because that's exactly what I was thinking when he, uh, you know, when he missed those two tackles the other day uh, in L.A. I thought, I thought the exact thing. I thought, eh, Dad's not going to like that a little too much. <laughs> Go ahead, Max. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, absolutely. But, you know, uh, you know Jerry – being at four and two, <laughs> um, could we have imagined this when you think about just kind of the trials and tribulations that this team has gone through in the early part of this season? And, you know, now we're starting to get guys kind of getting guys healthy and back in the fold um, for, for this post-buy push. Um, I mean, did, could you have imagined that this team would come up with the dynamic plays and – the opportune moments that they've captured. I mean, as you look at this and kind of as you look at the maturation of Kenny Pickett, I mean, you know, first quarter versus fourth quarter, startling different stats. I mean, where are you as far as what you think the identity of this Steeler squad is? Yeah, well, don't ask Mike Tomlin about the identity of the team. He doesn't think a team needs one. It's just tipping their hand if they have an identity. <laughs> you know, Max, you're talking about the trials and tribulations early in the season, I think the trials and tribulations continue into the first half of every game, somewhat to your latter point. Um, and, and so, um, you know, when you look at what's happened, uh, you know, they've won four of their last five, but let's face it. Baltimore was handing them the game with all their gaffes and stupid decisions. The L.A. Rams were handing them the game uh, with everything they were doing, two missed field goals, a missed extra point. Their best receiver, Cooper Cup, drops two passes right at the start. Right. When does that ever happen? Well, I know that was early, but my point is these teams are letting the Steelers hang around. You know, the Steelers are just abysmal in the first half, and it's 9-3. to three. They're hanging around like unwanted in-laws. And, and yet, to their, credit, to their credit, these teams are trying to hand it to them, and they're taking it, and they're taking advantage of it to, to, uh, to your point about being opportunistic. And so I think that's the best thing uh, that, that they are doing. As for Kenny Pickett, I mean, it's not in the first quarter, the fourth quarter. You're right. That's drastic. And so is first half, the second half. He completes 55% of his passes in the first half, 69% in the second half. His quarterback rating in the first half is 65. In the second half, it's 98. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, 320 yards in the first half, uh, uh, 760 in the second half. And three interceptions in the first half, only one in the second half. And, you know, whether it's it takes them a while to get comfortable, uh, whether it's being comfortable 
at what he's looking at and what defenses are doing, you know, making the adjustments. But, I mean, his confidence level, hit where he wants to go with the ball, the authority with which he makes the throws in the second half, uh, the confidence level, man, it's, it's just dramatic. They're 4-2 and two right now, and when you look at everything and the way the offense performed, you sit there and go, how are they where they are? And uh, it's, it's take, the other teams are helping them, but you know what? They hang around. And, and you guys, uh, you know, you've seen them play this way for years. They, for the most part, don't blow anyone out and don't get blown out for the most part. They hang around, and, and then they, you know, they hang around, and then T.J., bang, first play of the second half, there's the spark. That's kind of what they do. You know, it's so funny, Jerry, when you're talking about the unwanted in-laws, the first joke that came to my mind was that some comic I heard the other day say, he said, it's like watching your mother-in-law go off the cliff in a Cadillac. You got, it's like mixed mixed feelings. Hey, <laughs> 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 yeah. I, uh, I that's what I'm going to say. I'm just repeating it. But, you know, the thing right, is, right. yeah. You, well, you, well, it kind of reminds me, it reminds me of that old country song, My Wife Left Town with My Best Friend and I Miss Him. <laughs> that's even better oh my heavens you know the the thing about it is this is you you do get that sort of mixed feelings that you're talking about with kenny you know i mean just how you can go and it it is amazing to me that you can go from those first half points you know whether it's the percentage of completion the quarterback rating everything just amps up quarter by quarter and it's it's really kind of astonishing because when I, I, I look at his just his completion percentage, in the first quarter you're talking about a fifty six, fifty six in the second, then sixty six and seventy it ramps up from the first half to the third quarter and to the fourth quarter, ramps up even higher. And you let go, Wow. You know what I mean? It's just almost like this young man has just got that well, for lack of better terms, I heard it the other day from Matt Williamson, the clutch gene, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 hard to quantify how and why that happens. Um, you know, it's it's because you know there's there's several factors there. Uh, it's you know it's it's unexplainable. I, I will say this though too, and this is part of it. Of course, you guys know this better better than I. But you know, the other day, Matt, uh, Mike Tomlin somewhat, you know, accidentally, I think. I don't want to say threw his coordinator under the bus, but he talked about making adjustments at halftime. Now, I understand that's what halftime is for. But sometimes it's the coordinator's job to recognize what's going on. You know, you know how it is. You go into a game and you think, okay, you can prep all you want, watch all the film you want, study them. But when you get into a game, you want to see, okay, I see what they're trying to do to us. And you need to pick up on that quicker, I believe. Uh, now, that's easier said than done. But, okay, they're doing this. Let's, let's adjust. Don't wait till the second half. Kick, you know, pick up on that a little quicker. Again, easy for me to say I understand. But understand quicker what the opposing defense is doing, and you should be able to do that. They're smarter than I. And then make adjustments. You make adjustments on the fly. Don't wait till halftime. Uh, and, and, you know, and I know from talking to past coordinators, uh, they talk about that all the time. Okay, let's get in the game and see what they're doing. You know, the first series or two, you know, it's kind of you're kind of like feeling them out. Right. God, I always hate that boxing analogy to heavyweight fighters. But you're just seeing what the other team's going to throw at you. And, and I don't know that you need a whole first half to determine that. To make those adjustments a little quicker. 
you know, Jerome Bettis used to always say it's a game of adjustments. And, and I, I think maybe those adjustments need to come a little earlier to maybe get it going a little better, a uh, little quicker in the first half. And maybe one of the adjustments is you're throwing a little more on time. You're seeing things a little bit quicker. You're seeing, you know, that also is part parcel parcel of it. You know, guys are winning their one-on-ones more maybe as the game goes on. That Those are all part and factors of it. I got what you're saying. There, there's truth in what you're saying. But there's also truth in the fact that some guys are just, for some reason, kind of slow starters. You know what I mean? Right, it takes them a right, little while right. to ramp up. And you hear Mike Tomlin all the time saying, we don't have time to warm up to this. You know, I mean, I would right. I would even offer right. Broderick uh, Jones. Remember Broderick when he first came in against Houston and he gave up a, a hit on the first play, got beat to the inside. Right, right. And then he comes, right. you know, Baltimore, and then you give up a whack to, you know, Roquan Smith shooting the gap on the backside and blowing up a play. I mean, I and I'm not picking on Broderick because, again, I think Broderick's going to be a great one. But the fact is, some guys, it takes a little bit of time to ramp up, apparently. Yeah, and Wolf, to your point, yeah, I don't want to sit here and lay it all on the coordinators and, and the coaches and pick on them because you're right. It's up to the players as well. So, it's now look, it's, it's not just the coaches and, and, and the coordinators. I mean, you know, I love when people always say, oh, they got outcoached and what are they doing during the week? Look, you guys know as well as I do. These oh, guys yeah. prep every week. That is not a question. You know, they get ready. They study the film. They come up with the game plan. It's the same every week. And sometimes they could come up with a great plan. And, you know, you go out there and the players just isn't clicking. It isn't, they're not executing. So, yeah, it's not all about the, 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 uh, the coaching and the game planning and, and adjustments. It's about the players as well. So, yeah, I'm not laying it off on, on the, uh, just on the coordinators. I mean, it's, it, obviously, it's a little of both. Well, and I think also, Jerry, you know, one of the things is, you know, to go with those type of adjustments – I wasn't going to do it, Wolf. I, 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 I kind of broke my own, my own vow. Okay. Um, but, you know, there's a difference between when you're in the booth and on the field, on the sideline. And you get a lot more information past being in real time on the sidelines um, as opposed to playing telephone at times. Because your OC can walk down the line. He can talk to the offensive line. He can talk to the wide receivers. He can talk to the running backs. And he can talk to the quarterback. And he can get a lot of different information in a very short amount of time. Whereas if you have to disseminate, you know, play the game of telephone, right? You know, we all know the game of telephone, right? You start with one message. Then as you deliver it from one person to the next, the message kind of changed a little bit more and more and more to when you right, get to the right. end of it. It's a completely different message than what started. Um, that's where, you know, I think that's another interpretation of why I guess halftime is so important and why they are so good at halftime, because you're right there with everybody. You get to have that conversation in person versus passing the message. And so that's another thing I think, because that first 15 plays are scripted and those first 15 plays have been repped all week. That's what we're going to go. This is where we get our information gathering process in these top 15. And then we disseminate from there. And that's when a game plan is executed. Um, but if you could, if you could figure out after that first series, if we've only ran six and we got nine more scripted plays, Hey, they're doing this. Maybe, maybe we move number 12 to number 10, or maybe we move 15 up to 11 right? You start to work within that top 15 
if you get more information, right? I mean, it's just like a computer. You punch info into the computer, you, you get different tabulations. Uh, the more info you give it, I mean, just like, I guess right now, chat GPT, right? You know, the more information it gets, the smarter it gets in the process, and there's more efficient in the future. And I think that's one of the things that kind of gets lost that you don't have as much communication. You see a lot of communication happening on the sidelines during games where you're seeing this group talking to this group, and then the head coach comes over, and then you have, you have, you know, other guys coming over, and it's like, jumbled and then by the time it gets delivered up top it might be something completely different so you know i think there is something to location of of individuals as well in a game max i couldn't agree with you more um and i know from the past talking to ben roethlisberger he preferred having his coordinator on the field now uh you know you look at the way the steelers do it now matt cannon is in the booth and and mike sullivan talks with kenny pickett but Mike Sullivan can be talking with Kenny Pickett, and he might be relaying some messages. But maybe if he isn't, he's talking to Kenny about one thing, and then all of a sudden, Matt Canada comes chiming in over the headset and, and wants something else or, or, to, or wants to talk about something else. So, you know, not that that's a, a huge issue, but it's just a little minor nuance that could occur. But if he's on the field talking with his quarterback and going over everything, it's just a little easier form of communication also, the ability to go down to maybe the alignment, go to the running backs, whatever the case may be. But I'm, I'm with you 120%. Most of the players and quarterbacks I've ever talked to prefer the coordinator on the field. And, and I think maybe with between all these, quote, failures for three years, for two and a half years, maybe it's time to try something different. You know, Terrell, uh, Terrell Austin had that little experiment in preseason where he went up in a booth just to see what, you know, just to try that out. And he goes, nah, he likes being on the field. And I just think it's time the Steelers consider that. Well, that's a possibility. I mean, you know, whatever is going to make the product better. I don't necessarily agree and in, in all sides of it, just because I've seen both sides where some guys, because they're optical, uh, you know, they can, they can scope the whole field simultaneously. Some coordinators right, are just right. very geared into that, and if you have the proper people on the field that are able to relay, so I, I you got six to one, half dozen to the other is is kind of how I see it. One of the things that I do see though is I saw some nice movement again by Keanu Benton, who just seems to keep looking for more playing time because he keeps producing more. I saw a beautiful club move, Max. You probably saw that too. Where he clubbed uh, one of the offensive linemen had a great pass rush on uh, I, it might have been on Donaldson uh, no I mean I'm sorry I'm trying to think of who the left guard was oh there's a Villa might have been a Villa or might have been the center but it was a tremendous club move that he got and got a hit on Matt Stafford now I look at Keanu Benton keep going wow I think that guy looks like he's asking for more playing time you know Wolf I will tell you this there are people in that building who matter who believe that Keanu Benton should be playing more and not just Keanu Benton. Uh, they believe Nick Herbig should be, I don't want to say playing more, but believe that he should be ahead of Marcus Golden. I'm just mm. telling you what they think. And, mm -hmm. and, and I just think, you know, some of those young guys, look, we've talked ad nauseum about Joey Porter needs to right. play more. We're seeing it happen, but he does. Now I understand the whole situation with Broderick Jones. I'm a little surprised they haven't done more tackle eligible with, um, yeah. Roderick Jones, right. just to get him on the field 
and get accustomed to the NFL game. I'm just shocked that they haven't done that more. But they just believe that their young guys need to be playing more, and Keanu Benton is one of them. Yeah, he is playing. He's not sitting on the bench. He's playing more than Isaiah Loudermilk. But I'm with you. I think this guy needs to play more. Well, I want to thank you, Jerry, for chiming in today. I appreciate it because, you know, we were down at the Hyde Park yesterday, and that was pretty nice, huh? Because <laughs> yes, Max was, is I <laughs> I always enjoy being with you, Wolf. I actually, uh, I, the only thing I enjoyed more was the steak that we had for lunch. <laughs> yep. But, I'm you know, pretty... after, talking, after talking with you guys, I am now ready to go talk to the coordinators. It'll be my <laughs> second favorite conversation of the day. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you so much, Jerry. Appreciate you. And Jerry's brought to you by Archie's, 2328 East Carson Street in the historic South Side. Enjoy $9 Coors Light pitchers every Sunday all day. Home of the best wings in Pittsburgh. Watch all your football action all season long every Sunday at Archie's. Thank you, Jerry. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks, all Jerry. right, boys. And as always, I'll see you at the ball yard on Sunday. You betcha. Okay, is. we'll be right back after this as Max brings in the bell lap. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, we are in the bell lap of the show. And I usually say this at lunch bell, but Wolf's been eating for the last hour and 50 minutes, so... Maybe not, even before I'm not that. Say that. Yeah, probably, probably <laughs> before that. So two plus hours of foraging for him, um, you know, and, and you know, it's impeccable timing on my part. You know, I always have a knack for getting right in at the right moment, the most opportune time. I don't have the right time for for apparently feeding schedules, but. Um, <laughs> You know, I do but, wish, I, but I am on time on the show, Max. I do wish we had like a you know like a, like a live camera set up for the shows and everything because I mean people oh. would people would crack up like the first you know more so last year when this was the first year that I was with you guys because this year you know it's it's kind of just like hopping back on the bike again but the amount of times that we'd be like all right, 10 seconds away from break, and I don't hear Max. And I'm doing the producer thing, right? Oh, do I need to freak out? Is, yeah. it, is he just there in the background and I can't hear him? Should I text him? And now I just yeah. know it's like the music comes on and you just come strolling up to the, all right, here we go, let's do it. The best the best was was thinking that you locked yourself out of the house this morning when we heard yeah, the exactly. hammer. And- just heard- <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that was funny. And Wolf's like, do you think he locked himself out of the house and he's trying to get someone's attention? Well, Max, only because yeah. I know I have done that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was trying to I was trying to Morse code the show yeah. for <laughs> yes, like, it, that, that, Do not start this yeah. break. Yeah. Add two minutes to the break. Yeah, exactly. I am locked out. Exactly. Oh. Exactly. Oh my god. Jim is here. <laughs> Ask him how he's doing. I'm logging, I'm logging in on, on Zip. Give me two minutes. Yeah, yeah exactly. 
The best oh, part is going to be sometime you're going to have some kind of, uh, I don't know, Orkin man come come by doing. He's going to be. You'll lock yourself out. He'll be in there on the on air with us. <laughs> we'll be yeah, interviewing exactly. him. He's, a, he's like, well, this microphone was on, and I figured, you know. <laughs> Orkin Outside man, how, my do you feel, duty. how do you feel yeah. about ribs at 10 a.m., Orkin <laughs> yeah, 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 Exactly. How do you how do you termite defense if you're doing an outdoor cookout? You know. <laughs> oh man. Oh man, but no. <laughs> so we pretty much blown through all of our time that we had in the segment. <laughs> yeah, uh, have, have we? Oh my! And but, if you'd been here, you'd have loved the ribs. And they're, oh, they come the, on, just leave them alone. Well, the jalapeno mac, mac and cheese. Oh, oh and the with, cornbread. Oh, the cornbread was just. I need. Oh. I need to see if Rudy's is open. I mean, oh. you know what? Yeah, okay. So, so here, full disclosure. This morning, okay. because I was. I was being hammering Hank here with the uh, with the with the shelf install. Right. Um, I, I I forgot I forgot to I forgot to make my girls lunch for today. Oh. So so I now after this um, I got I got to run pick up lunch and drop it at their school for them. Uh, <laughs> but I will say this: guess what? Lunch will be barbecue today. <laughs> Thanks to you guys. The girls like brisket. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. This inspiration brought to you by DJ's Ribs. Uh, <laughs> no doubt about it. Wolf's going to get a plate to go on yeah. the way out of here. <laughs> oh, no question. I'm surprised Wolf doesn't magically pop out like some Tupperware from 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 his, from his truck. Like I was anticipating this day. I've been waiting for it. <sighs> Blow ain't, off the dust on the Tupperware. If you stay ready. <laughs> That's right. Hey, he has Reynolds wrap back there, you know, the aluminum foil. He's ready with a little, foil little off the lobster rim. bib. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He came in ready for this. Like he's like he's like you never know. You never know. Got to be ready. CJ <laughs> CJ's driving home today, so Dad can eat the whole way home. Yeah, exactly. Dad's gonna hey, hey, Wolf's gonna sit in the back seat of the car too, just so <laughs> he does not tempt CJ because CJ has an arm reach that will probably try and grab some ribs too. Uh, <laughs> this, this is bad. This is bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, you have been inside. This is the locker room, ladies and gentlemen. It's not the kitchen. Is, it is the locker it's room. Not the, it's not the kitchen. It's not the sauna. It's not the weight room. It is the locker room. And this is what the locker room is. So we thank you guys for listening today. Of course, we got to give a big shout out to our engineer, Wes. Of course, the sensei himself, Brian LaMartina, junior ninja in training, a.k.a. chauffeur. Give him five stars, Wolf. CJ uh, for driving home. <laughs> yeah. And he's Craig Wolfley. I'm Max Starks. Go make it a great day. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling.